once again, and welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed, episode 101. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, The True Christmas Story. We'll talk about that in just a bit, but let me tell you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us on Be Boomer Unleashed. Dot podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at Be Dot Boomer Unleashed, on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram. You can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed, and on Twitter, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com with your comments, your questions, your criticisms suggestions for future episodes, and as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, we encourage you to drop us a line, let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our very best to get you on the show. Well, today's episode 101, The True Christmas Story, last week we talked a bit about the commercialism of Christmas. This week, I want to talk to you about the real Christmas. Um... I'm not going to give a lot of comment on how this has come down through history, but I think from the Bible, we can read to you the Christmas story and uh, let you make up your own mind as to why we might celebrate this holiday called Christmas. I never tire of the Christmas story, and I would encourage you to gather your children around the Christmas tree and read the Christmas story to them, or if You'd want to just play this reading to them. You're more than welcome to do that. We'll make a few comments along the way, but mostly we'll be reading the Christmas story from God's Word. Now, before we get into the Christmas story, let me remind you that Jesus didn't just come into existence on Christmas Day over 2,000 years ago. He didn't just come into existence. Jesus has always been. He's a very important part of the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus, and we have God the Holy Spirit. And in John, and we'll be doing all of our readings from the King James Version of the Bible today, because that's my favorite. (laughs) If you have another version that you like, just feel free to follow along in it or read from it. But my favorite has always been the King James Version of the Bible. Now, in the book of John, the Gospel of St. John, in chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, reading through verse 5, it tells us that in the beginning was the Word, capital W. And the Word, capital W, was with God, and the Word, capital W, was God. Now, Jesus is the Word. He's referred to that many times throughout Scripture. In verse 2, it says, The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus was there during creation. He was with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit at creation. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So Jesus didn't just come into being on Christmas Day, on December the 25th, or whatever date it might be. Historians 
and theologians argue over that date, but we celebrate that uh, Christmas, that birth of Jesus Christ on December 25th, and we've been doing that for years, as long as I can remember anyway. And I'm just a little bit older than dirt. But Jesus was there from the beginning, but he came to earth in the form of a human being. He was born into human form, and he lived a perfect, sinless life on this earth. And he died for our sins, and he's buried, and he rose again, victorious over death, over hell, and the grave. But he was always there. Now, a familiar Old Testament prophecy about Jesus is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. We hear this read a lot around Christmas time, but it's a prophecy about Jesus. The prophet says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah prophesying about the birth of Jesus Christ. Now let's get into the gospel account of the birth of Jesus. And we'll be looking at Dr. Luke's account and Matthew's account of this event. And we'll be kind of flipping back and forth, but we'll tell you when we switch from one book to another. But if you're following along in your Bible, get out your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1 and to Matthew, and we'll tell you when we're in each book. So in Luke chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 26, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, once again, the King James Version. And Luke records this. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So this angel Gabriel went to Mary, who was a virgin. She was espoused, which we would refer to it as engaged to this man named Joseph, but she was a virgin. They had never had marital relations. So he was uh, the angel went to this virgin whose name was Mary, a young Mary. Lots of folks have her age around 13 or 14. I don't know how old she was. It was common in those days for very young women to marry because they some of them didn't live too long. and uh, But she was young. Whether she was 14 or 16 or 20, Mary was a very young woman. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, What manner of salutation this should be? 
And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary's cousin Elizabeth, who was an old woman, was about to give birth to John the Baptist. And uh, nothing is impossible with God. People say, well, how could a woman, an old woman like that have a child? Or how can a virgin, how could Jesus possibly be virgin born? Well, you've got to understand nothing is impossible with God. Now we're going to look in the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, the gospel according to St. Matthew in chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. What would you think? You're engaged to this woman? You've never had any marital relations with her? For all you know, she is a virgin, and all of a sudden she tells you she's with child. That would create quite a scandal, wouldn't it? But Joseph was an honorable man. He was an honorable man, and he decided just to put her away privately. Didn't want to embarrass her. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So Mary 
had no marital relations with Joseph until after Jesus was born. You say, well, you know, a lot of people say Mary's a perpetual virgin. Well, no, Mary had other children by Joseph. But Jesus was born of a virgin. He was virgin born. It was a miracle, a miracle. Now let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin in the first verse. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. See, it was a time when all the people went there to pay their taxes and there were no hotel rooms or inn rooms available. And the innkeeper allowed them to occupy the stable, probably a hewn-out rock, cave sort of thing. And Jesus was born and... Mary laid him in a manger, a feed box. Verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Before he was ever conceived in the womb of Mary, the angel, remember, said, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to call his name Jesus. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
as, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again in many in, of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through my own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser, she was of great age, and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of, to, spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Wow. What a picture that is. What a picture that is that Luke has painted there of that birth of Jesus. Now let's turn over to Matthew chapter 2 this time. Matthew chapter 2. See what Matthew has to say. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. They said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Well, Herod, what a liar Herod was. He wanted to kill Jesus. He didn't want to take a chance on Jesus being the king. Now did he? When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. 
When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now the wise men, those three kings, didn't show up at the stable in the manger on the night that Jesus was born because the Bible says here that they came to the house. So we don't know exactly how long that was, but Jesus was home, and he was there with Mary and with Joseph, and they fell down and they worshiped before him and uh, gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now there's a lot of significance to those three gifts, we're not going to get into that today. But it might be a good study for you. It's a wonderful study on the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They knew that they shouldn't tell this information to Herod. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Jerusalem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under. According to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men, so Herod knew that Jesus wasn't still a baby. He was a toddler. So he said, I'm going to get Jesus one way or the other. They're not going to tell me where he is. I'll just kill all the men, child, men children. I'll kill all the little baby boys two years and under. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramoth was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted, because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea, and in room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Well, there's the story of the birth and the early events surrounding Jesus' life. Jesus' public ministry was not a long ministry. Jesus ministered here on this earth. He performed miracles. He healed the sick. 
He caused the blind to see. He raised the dead. And he willingly gave his life that we might have life. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Maybe that's why we give gifts at Christmas. Because Jesus is the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. Jesus willingly died for my sins and for your sins and for the sin of mankind. So what do we have to do? What do you have to do to receive any gift? You just have to reach out and take it. I could offer you a $100 bill and hold it out to you in my hand and say, here's a gift for you. But until you reach over and take that $100 bill out of my hand into your hand, it's not a gift. It's just the promise of a gift. Well, Jesus has promised you that gift. But if you've never taken that gift freely that he has given to you, then it's still just the promise of a gift. And you're still lost in your sins. You say, well, Jerry, how do I I receive that gift? Well, it's simple. You just reach out and take it. Just like taking that $100 bill out of my hand, you just reach out and accept that gift that Jesus has extended to you. Accept his gift is worth far more than $100. He gave his life. He gave his life for your sins and my sins. He gave his life. He was buried. He was in the tomb for three days. He rose from the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave so that we can spend an eternity in heaven with him. You say, what do I got to do to receive that gift? It's simple. It's just simple. Jesus said, suffer the little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ is so simple that a child can understand. You just have to come to him and say, you know, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've messed up my life. But I know you died for my sin, and I know that you are offering me this gift of salvation. And God, to the best of my ability, I want to receive that gift into my life. Come into my heart and save me from my sins. And you know what happens? He'll do just that because he told us he would. His word, he says, if we confess our sins, he'll forgive those sins. Yes, he will and cleanse us from all A-double-L unrighteousness. Well, my friends, that's the story of Christmas. I want to wish you and your loved ones a very merry and joyous Christmas. Boy, hasn't 2020 been something. We've had the COVID virus. We've had the election of 2020. We've had all kinds of negativity in the news. We've had all kinds of grief and heartache through the year 2020. But you know what? 
Let's just pause here at this Christmas holiday season and just be thankful for what God has given us. If you have a family, thank God for that family. If you have children or grandchildren, thank God for those children and grandchildren. If you have a good marriage, thank God for that. Some of you may have a lousy marriage. Some of you, under the sound of my voice, may have a lousy life. Your life may be pitiful. Your life may be pathetic by these standards. But guess what? If you have Jesus living in your heart, you might still have a lousy life on this earth. But guess what? You're going to have a home in heaven. And compared to this little old brief time, our life on this earth is just like a vapor. It comes and it goes. But heaven is for an eternity. And he has promised us a home with him in heaven for an eternity if we simply receive him. He never promised us a rose garden here like Joel Osteen and some of these other health and wealth preachers will tell you about. He never promised us that. As a matter of fact, he says all that live godly will suffer persecution. He says, understand, the world hated me first and it's going to hate you too. So if you serve Jesus Christ, expect some persecution. But you know what? It's just for a short time. And then we get to celebrate in heaven for eternity. Won't you receive my Jesus today? Well, thanks for being with us, folks. I wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas and a happy and joyous New Year. Next week, we're going to talk about the New Year and what we've got to look forward to in 2021. Well, it's been great being with you again. Hope to see you again for the next episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. But until then, have a great week, a wonderful Christmas, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.